Welcome to World History Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Campbell. Ancient China Introduction to China China is a large country. It has a very diverse geography. This geography affects where people can live and how they live in the country. Mountains and deserts separate the country from the rest of Asia. The areas where people can move through the country are often sources of conflict, as often happens when cultures clash. China has a large eastern sea coast. From north to south, there are the Yellow Sea, the East China Sea, and the South China Sea. Major rivers include the Huanghe, or Yellow River, in the north, and the Changjiang, or Yangtze, River in the south. The Gobi Desert is a prominent geographic feature of the north and the Himalaya Mountains form a southern border with the Indian subcontinent. The first dynasty to rule China was the Xia dynasty, about 4,000 years ago, roughly 2000 BC. We don't know a lot about the Xia, but there is recorded history from the second Chinese dynasty, the Shang. The Shang ruled China from 1750 BC to 1045 BC. At the time, China was ruled by an aristocracy, an upper class whose wealth is based on land. In China, a farming society, land was power. At the top of the aristocracy was the emperor. The emperor ruled from the capital city of Anyang. However, there were five capitals before Anyang. The rest of the empire was divided into territories. These territories were ruled by warlords loyal to the emperor. The emperor's most important job was to protect the kingdom. The emperor was obviously a very important man, and this is evident in the funerary evidence archaeologists have found. The emperors were buried in lavish tombs. Early Chinese religions had several gods or spirits. These religions also incorporated a strong belief in an afterlife. There is evidence of human sacrifice at royal tombs, and the emperors routinely consulted oracles for glimpses into the future. The idea of an afterlife applied not only to the emperor, though. Early Chinese practiced a form of ancestor veneration, known in the West as ancestor worship. Small shrines and offerings to ancestors are still common in parts of Asia. The Shang Dynasty is known for its exquisite bronze work. These bronze pieces were used for several different purposes. It was during the Shang Dynasty, probably around 1200 BC, that a widespread written language was developed in China. Like many other ancient languages, the Chinese used a pictograph system. Unlike other ancient languages, the Chinese written language has changed and adapted over time, and it remains one of the few modern languages that still use pictographs. A pictograph is a symbol used to stand for ideas or things. Around 1045 BC, the last of the Shang rulers, according to legends, was a tyrant. One of the territories in the empire, Zhao, revolted and overthrew the Shang emperor and established their own government. The Zhao kept much of the structure of the Shang, but shifted the religious focus. The Zhao dynasty claimed a mandate from heaven, that is, the heaven which in Chinese tradition is an impersonal law of nature, not really a place, wanted the Zhao to be in charge of all of China. That's why they believe they beat the Shang. 
However, the Zhao Emperor had to rule according to the Tao, or the Wei. If he didn't, then the gods would punish China. If he was really bad, the gods would aid a rebellion and remove him. Much of what people think about when they think of ancient China is either right from the Zhao dynasty or influenced by it. The Shang system of land ownership and peasant farmers continued, as did ancestor worship. However, artisans and merchants practiced their trades in walled towns with government buildings and temples at their centers. Merchants could not leave the town without permission of the local aristocrat. Slavery also existed in ancient China. By the 6th century BC, several advances had made vast improvements to the Chinese agricultural way of life. Irrigation was in wide use, and the use of iron plows meant that more land could be used for farming, which increased the amount of food that could be grown. This in turn led to a population boom in China. Improved farming methods were also a major factor in encouraging the growth of trade and manufacturing. One of the most important items of trade was silk. Silk was traded throughout the known world. In fact, there is evidence of Chinese silk in Egypt back in 1070 BC. Like most agricultural societies, the family was the basic unit of society. However, as we have seen, family is usually more than just the people in the house. They were revered to the point where, even after death, they were incorporated into the religion. At the heart of the concept of family in China is the idea of filial piety. Filial refers to sons and daughters. Filial piety refers to the duty of members of the family to subordinate their needs and desires to those of the male head of the family. The term also describes a system in which every family member had his or her place. Male supremacy was a key element in the social system of ancient China. Women did not hold positions of authority, but some did have an influence in politics. Wives and female relations of royal court officials, for example, held considerable sway. This has been an episode of World History Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Campbell. Thank you for listening. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons by attribution, share alike, non-commercial 3.0 license. For more information about Creative Commons licensing, please visit creativecommons.org. Music for today's podcast was provided by Jimendo.com. The song you heard on today's podcast was Giant Asian Pond Turtle by Bacholt off the album 2009. Available for download at gemendo.com. <laughs>